Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. Here's Neil Keith. All right, we're one day closer to opening day, now just five days away from the Yankees opening the season at home against the Blue Jays on Monday. And joining me today to talk Yankees baseball is Eric Bowen, the Yankees beat writer for Newsday. Eric, how's it going today? It's going very well, Neil. It's uh, 80 degrees and sunny down here, so I, I really... Really have no complaints about right now. <laughs> well, it would be nice to see one of those days up here. Uh, we haven't even, you know, gotten into the to the uh, you know mid to high forties or even touched fifty yet. So it does seem a little crazy that it was snowing the other day and they're they're trying to going to try to play baseball outside here. It seems like it would have made more sense to open the road in Toronto or at least Tampa Bay or somewhere with a dome. Well, you know, I mean, you hear that kind of talk uh, a lot, and I think that there is some sense to that. But having grown up in Cleveland, you know, I, <laughs> I can tell you that the weather can be just as bad uh, in the Northeast. And you guys know this as well, obviously. It can be just as bad on May 6th as it is on April 6th. So, you know, I think even if the, the teams on the East Coast and in the Midwest, if they, they opened up a couple of weeks later at home, there's no guarantee that the weather's going to be much better April 15th, let's say, than uh, than the first week of April. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you certainly do increase your percentages of having good weather uh, but by having some of those teams in colder climates opening up either in a dome or on the road. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And and from your standpoint, I mean, you've been there now um, quite a while, and uh, we've been up here dealing with the bad weather. You've been down there dealing with um, basically fake baseball. So it seems like you're, you're probably ready to come home and, and see some real meaningful games. Yeah, you know, I mean, players always talk about, particularly the veteran players, Neil, about how spring training is about seven to ten days too long. Um, more than anything else, it's as long as it is so, so pitchers can, can get stretched out. The, the position players don't need uh, you know, as, as much time as they do, uh, as they're given to, to get ready. And really, you're, you're down here just for so uh, pitchers can, can build up the, their arm strength. But most veteran guys will, will tell you that it really starts to drag the last seven or ten days. And uh, while, while I'm not uh, doing near the physical work that they are, uh, I certainly would agree for, with them from the drag standpoint. Well, as we get closer, we get uh, more innings out of the regulars. We get to see the um, what should be the opening day lineup a little more. And on Wednesday, uh, the Yankees played the Rays. We got to see pretty much what I think the opening day lineup will end up being, minus Didi Gregorius, who's uh, who's out with that, that wrist injury. But um, the one guy to keep an eye on, and uh, I saw you tweeted about it earlier on Wednesday, is Steven Drew, who entered the game on a little bit of a tear after what's been a pretty miserable month to go along with his miserable year last year. Uh, he had another 0 for 2 day. And uh, while I've been a critic of his, the uh, get rid of Stephen Drew campaign, I guess we saw why he's sort of needed on this team, at least for the time being, uh, as Brendan Ryan went down. And now to have both shortstops go down, he's really the only guy left in line to fill in for that spot. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, and Ryan, the, the way he was carried off the field, and we're still awaiting the, uh, the MRI results, so we don't know. Uh, the degree of seriousness for his uh, his calf strain, but it certainly didn't look good. And, and Joe Girardi said after the game that he would be pretty much shocked if, if Ryan was able to lead camp with the team. So, you know, that that would appear to be at a minimum a, a DL spent to uh, to start the uh, the season. Um, and yeah, so then you you need that backup shortstop, and, and there's Stephen Drew sitting right there. But then uh, 
if he needs to play short, then you go to, uh, you know, the ends up playing uh, at second base. And that's where I think it's a problem for the Yankees because they do not have a lot of good options right now. Uh, for the fans that didn't like Stephen Drew, uh, you certainly wouldn't have liked what you saw from Rob Refsnyder on a regular basis. And I know he's popular with the fans, and I know some media people really over the last year or so have done a lot to kind of blow him up uh, in a positive way. But the reality is that he can't field. Uh, he, he's still is a Justin. He was a right fielder who who's turned to the second base, converted to second base a couple of years ago, and it's a slow transition, and he leads the team in errors this spring. He can hit. There's no question about that, uh, but but he's a butcher in the field. He's working at it. He's out early. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, has unquestioned Wozak at Epic, but uh, the Yankees would really, really be exposed if he was playing second base in the big league level on an everyday basis. Jose Perella probably would have had an inside track at that uh, that job, but he's nowhere close to where he needs to be as he's recovering from the concussion that he sustained in Port St. Lucie uh, about a week and a half ago. And, uh, you know, that, that leaves uh, maybe a, a guy like Nick Noonan or Cole Figueroa, two non-roster invitees who at least have some big league experience. Uh, I think one, or two, one of those two guys, but even more likely than that, probably somebody who, who gets dumped on the scrap heap from another team over the next few days uh, will probably get picked up uh, and will be the sort of that utility, uh, you know, infield guy who can play second base, uh, you know, to fill out the 25-man roster spot for the Yankees when it comes to the position players anyway. I remember when we talked uh, before, you know, going into uh, last off season before the 2014 season, and at the time, uh, you know, A-Rod, a- uh, I-, I believe the suspension hadn't happened yet. He- we still weren't sure of what his future would hold. And we were talking at the time about would we ever see him play for the Yankees again? Would we ever even see him in Major League Baseball again? And it was uncertain. And now here he is, a, a year gone by, a-, a year off his uh, career because of the suspension, and he's sort of exceeded all expectations this spring. Um, and if he could hit this way, during the entire regular season, um, it would come as a welcome surprise, and I think everybody would sign up for it, and all the fans who wanted him gone, wanted him released, wanted the Yankees to eat the money, um, they'd be A-Rod fans as well. So what's it been like to watch this resurgence from A-Rod after a year off of baseball? Yeah, you know, look, Neil, I mean, I think everybody pretty much said going into camp that they had no idea what to expect from from Alex Rodriguez uh, over the course of, of five weeks of games, and uh, that includes... Alex, and it includes the Yankees, it includes, you know, Yankee talent evaluators and opposing team talent evaluators. Nobody knew what to expect from a 39-year-old who, who had not played in, a, in really a year and a half. And, uh, and I, I don't think the spring could have gone uh, much better than it's gone for him. Uh, you know, he certainly has looked, uh, you know, slow. Uh, his bat has looked slow at times. Uh, you know, I still think that he's going to struggle catching up to most mid-90s fastballs, but that was the case uh, before, uh, before he got hurt two years ago. Uh, you know, you could see that uh, age was kind of taking an attrition on him in that respect. But, uh, you know, the reality is, and, and another team scout said this to me last week, he goes, look, he can still hit mistakes, and the pitching's not so good where he's not going to see mistakes, and it's just a matter of if, if, if he guesses right. Uh, and if he does, we've seen he can still drive the ball. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, obviously, from the, from the scout. That, that was you know, basically the tenor of, of his comments, and I've heard that from, from more than a few st- uh, scouts from other teams, uh, most of whom were expecting the worst. Uh, you know, in the field is another matter. I, I think that he hurts the Yankees, and I know it's a new position, but he hurts the Yankees less at first base uh, than he does at third base because he really just uh, struggles moving uh, out there. But, 
yeah, I mean, I think from a, a uh, public relations standpoint and from a fan relations standpoint and from a distraction standpoint and most importantly, what the fans care about from a baseball production standpoint, uh, I don't think that uh, Alex Rodriguez could have asked for a much better spring than what he's had so far. Well, aside from Ellsbury, Gardner, and Headley, it seems like every other spot uh, in the field seems to be a question mark and an unknown and whether or not the Yankees will hit on most of these, which is what they have tried to plan for the last two seasons and are once again planning this year, where uh, so many guys you just don't know what to expect from, whether it's Beltran, whether it's now A-Rod or Teixeira um, or Stephen Drew or McCann. Who do you think is, is really the biggest question mark uh, outside of Alex Rodriguez because he missed a year? Um, you know, Is it in right field with Beltran? Is it still Teixeira after the last couple of years? Is it McCann uh, in his sophomore season with the Yankees? And I know he got hot down the stretch last year to sort of get to the back of his baseball card, get those numbers up to where they should be. But uh, which which guy do you look for to, to sort of uh, try to bounce back from what happened last year and lead the way production-wise in 2015? You know, Neil, to, to me, it, it's two guys. But since you asked me for one, I won't dodge the question. I'll give you one. Uh, I, I think it's Mark Teixeira. Uh, I, I think that if Teixeira is able to regain – uh, anything close to to the form that allowed him uh, to be the guy that he once was, which was a um, uh, you know in eight straight years where where he was uh, 30 home runs and a hundred plus RBI, 30 plus 100 plus. Uh, if he can come close to that uh, again for the Yankees uh, and obviously play his borderline Gold Glove uh, first base, which you know I, I think he's maybe not quite as good as he was in the field as he, as he, he was at one point, uh, but but he's still pretty darn good over there. Um, if he's able to be the middle of the order bat and feared bat and productive bat uh, that he was in his prime, uh, you know I mean I think that that's one of the big things that needs to fall in place for the Yankees to to make a run at making the postseason uh, this year. I think if his nagging injuries continue. Uh, and he's a, a 220 hitter and, you know, struggles to hit 20 home runs and, uh, you know, isn't anywhere close to driving in 100 runs. And he just has difficulty staying on the field. Uh, and again, the, the nagging injuries have seemed to accrue for him over the last few years, in addition to the major injury, of course, being the, the risk. Um, but if he's, if he's not anywhere close to what he once was, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I think that that would be one of uh, a couple of things that would, would spell doom for the for the Yankees this season. I don't think they could overcome that. And just because I mentioned it, uh, the, the second guy I think is Beltron, and I think that's actually the bigger worry because he's a few years older than Teixeira, and you're talking about a guy who's going to be 38 years old uh, come uh, mid-April, uh, and you're counting on him to be your everyday right fielder, and I just think that probably spells trouble, too. But if you nailed me down to one guy that I think has to have a rebound here, uh, when you take into account the, the position that he plays and the trouble that he's had staying on the field the last couple of years and uh, and the, the middle-of-the-bat presence that he once was, I would go with Teixeira first. Well, I was going to ask you the second guy. Then once you alluded to it, I had to know who the second guy was. And uh, in the rotation, it seems like there, there's a lot of question marks there too. And I joke that I expect any day now to, to sign on Twitter in the morning and see that um, you know yourself or another another writer that covers the team to tweet about um, Tanaka feeling elbow discomfort or something like that. That will just destroy the season. But when it comes down to rotation, I mean, they clearly have the best one-two punch in the AL East when healthy between Tanaka and Pineda. But the season once again once again hinges on the health 
of those two, and it seems like if either of them goes down for a lengthy period of time, then the Yankees will be in the same amount of trouble they were in the last two years um, when it comes to you know midsummer wins. And it seems like around June, both of the last two years is when they um, started to get injured, started to get fatigued, and that's when the season came crashing down. So I guess every Yankees fan is just praying and hoping for uh, continued health and success for those two. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, and the Yankees, you know, you said every Yankee fan is hoping and praying, and, and I can tell you that the Yankee organization is doing the same thing. I asked an official uh, a couple of days ago, I asked the very question, I, I said, give me your number one concern as you leave camp. What absolutely, you know, keeps you up at night? And he goes, the, the health of those top three guys. Didn't hesitate. You know, Stephen Drew was a concern, you know, before the year I Brennan Ryan injury, but, you know, they, they're, you know, they're scared to death that he's going to hit 150 again, uh, and, and just be a black hole in the middle of the lineup. But the, the number one thing, uh, you know, that, that has, you know, Yankees people, uh, on the edge of their seats is, is the health of, of those, those top few guys because, uh, you know, you, for a variety of reasons, uh, you have health questions and, uh, you know, Michael Pineda has looked terrific all spring long, but, uh, he hasn't shown that he can do it over the, the course of a full season. His season high in innings is 171, and that came back in 2011, his rookie year uh, with the Mariners. Uh, you know, we know the, the questions surrounding Tanaka and his elbow, uh, velocities a tad down this year, but I, I'm not really, you know, concerned about that as of yet. If after his first three starts, he, he's still uh, throwing 90 with his fastball, then, then, you know, then you have to ask, I think, some hard questions. But, uh, you know, all, all indications are is he just is probably taking it a little bit slow. Uh, and, and there's no reason for him to let it loose in spring training. I don't think people always get that when they get obsessed with radar readings at this time of year. Uh, and then, of course, the third guy is, uh, is Sabathia. And I think he's a big wild card because, uh, you know, look, he, he's never going to be the power pitcher that he once was, and he's got to transition the way Andy Pettit transitioned and, and other power pitchers. Not that Pettit was ever, you know, considered a, a mid to high 90s guy. He never was. Uh, but he still had to learn how to pitch with diminished velocity as he got older. Uh, Sabathia certainly has the pitching acumen to do so, uh, but he hasn't done it yet. He hasn't shown us that he can do it yet. Uh, if he shows that he can do that out of the third spot in the rotation, uh, you know, I think the Yankees are looking pretty good. If he can't, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big hole to fill because, uh, you know, the, the depth has it now in AAA in terms of rotation pieces, you know, not quite there yet. Well, you mentioned radar readings quickly there, and uh, Dylan Batances has uh, had his name attached to that now for the last uh, few outings because of diminished velocity and because he's given up runs, which is something he he rarely did last season. What do you think uh, of the back end of the bullpen between him and Miller? How does that shake out? Uh, you know, not only for save situations, but who is uh, you know the guy Girardi turns to to start the season? And it seems like you always have to earn his trust. And I know Miller hasn't pitched for him yet, but given uh, his recent success in the league, um, it's hard not to go to him or Batances really at the end of close games. So how do you think the end of the or the back end of the bullpen shakes out to start the year? You know, I mean, I think ultimately Batances is going to have an opportunity to, to close games. I know that, that you know, Joe's talked about uh, going into the season, mixing and matching a bit and, and making it matchup uh, dependent. But if there's three righties coming up in the eighth inning, maybe there'll be Batances. And then if there's predominantly lefties coming up in the ninth, then maybe it would be Miller uh, closing things out and, and vice versa. Uh, but ultimately, you know, Joe's history as a manager has been that he prefers set roles for his bullpen guys. Uh, and I don't think that this year is any different. Uh, I, I think ultimately Batances is going to get the opportunity to close and I think that'll start right off the bat, to be honest with you. Um, and, you know, whether he can do it or not, that's a, that's a big question because the assumption is that he can, uh, and I think he can too, 
but, you know, until a guy actually does it, and you hear scouts talk about this all the time, uh, until a guy actually shows that he can do it, it's a question mark. And, and Batances hasn't been in that situation yet, so we don't know for sure. But, um, you know, look, leaving camp, uh, collectively, when, when you look at this team, uh, the, the bullpen, I think, is, is the least of the, the, the concerns. I, I think they'll be okay in that regard. Well, after all the injuries that decimated the 2013 season, uh, you just felt like it couldn't get any worse in 2014. But somehow last year's team ended up being worse than the year before, even though that team had you know, Lyle Overbay, Vernon Rells, Ichiro hitting in the middle of the order for most of the season. Uh, now that training camp's over, now that spring training's ending, you're going back to New York, uh, opening days here. What are your thoughts on this team as a whole? I mean, is this a team that's, that's going to battle once again uh, for the second wild card spot for most of the season? Do they have a chance in this sort of... Of, uh, anyone's game AL East. Uh, what, what are your thoughts here as we leave spring training? Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not as positive as some people. I mean, I, I for our, our Newsday's uh, preseason uh, pullout section, baseball pullout section, I, I predict them to win 79 games. And, you know, the, the caveat to that is the roster is currently constructed. We, we all know that the Yankees are capable of making a, a big move uh, at some point before the trade deadline, and, and I think if they're sitting there a few games over 500 uh, or you know whatever it may be uh, in contention near the trade deadline, you know that they certainly uh, you know could could pull off the type of big move that could put them over the top. But I, I just think that right now there's too many ifs that have to be answered in the affirmative. Uh, and it's like somebody said to me earlier in spring training with the Yankees, and they, they said, uh, you know, if everything goes, you know, right, then, you know, we, we can win 90 games and be right in the, in the thick of things. And, you know, then they said, but how many times does everything go right for a team over the course of a whole season? So, you know, I've heard that from Yankees people. I've heard that from, you know, talent evaluators for other teams. Uh, you know, it's just one of those baseball axioms, but I just think that there's too many things that have to go right, uh, and what this roster is currently constructed, uh, I don't think enough of them will. Not, not for the postseason anyway. All right, Eric. Well, let's hope that uh, if those things go right, hopefully they do go right for this team uh, for the first time in the last few years. And uh, thanks for coming on today. Good luck on your way back to New York, and good luck uh, leaving that amazing weather to come back to this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one.